You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 7. I'm Michael Bumpus along with NASA Chobie. The Seahawks take on the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football. Speaking of the Saints, let's talk about what's on tap. What's on tap? What is on tap? The Hawks are trying to bounce back from a disappointing loss. The New Orleans Saints are 3-2. and two. They win, they lose, they win, they lose, and they win. Their last win is against the Washington football team. They lost, excuse me, won 33-22. to 22. The Saints are coming off a bye. And a well-rested, we should expect a big game from these guys on Monday night. They know what the deal is. They started off the season with an impressive win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But some shady losses lose to the Panthers. And the Giants. I don't know what to think about this football team right now. You got Jameis Winston, who's having an okay season. Uh, last game, he was 15 of 30, 279 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. But he's also shown that he can look really mediocre, Nas. Uh, these Saints, you got to take them seriously. You take every opponent seriously. Uh, what are your thoughts on these Saints? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's hard to it's hard to decide because, I mean, they come out and they smack Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. 38-3, to put a beat down on them. He had everyone concerned that all the time that Aaron Rodgers missed is affecting his team and the, the Packers are going to go into the tank. That was not the case because the Packers have looked great since that game. And then the Saints follow that up with a 26-7 beatdown at the hands of the Carolina Panthers who have been up and down as well this year. So, you know, another win against the Patriots. Patriots are an okay football team. And then they collapsed against the Giants. I mean, they've been their defense has played really well this year. Their secondary has played well, but they kind of fell apart against the Giants. And then they get a win over Washington, who's another team I'm not really sure what to think of. You know, they've had some injuries at the quarterback position. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're a hard team to really get a beat on. But what I do know is they do some things well. You mentioned it, James Winston uh, had four touchdowns last week. He's playing much better football than we've seen him play as of late. Um, yeah, in the game against the Saints – or yeah, excuse me, game against the Washington football team. It was kind of a close game. It was tied 13-13 at halftime, aided by a Hail Mary um, – by the Saints, and we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started to bump. That was criminal. Um, the Washington football team could not have played that any worse than they did. All uh, bad. Which was a huge play. Which the, sent, the Saints went up seven at halftime, traded some scores in the fourth quarter, and then uh, Alvin Kamara sealed the game with a 19-yard touchdown pass from Winston, capping an eight-play, 75-yard drive. Um, Kamara is one of the guys we'll spend a lot of time talking about today. Had 122 total yards and two touchdowns. Marquez Callaway led the Saints in receiving with four receptions and 85 yards. Um, and I said 32 touchdowns. I think I'm going to say two touchdowns because that would be <laughs> a lot in one game. But, Bump, the thing that scares you about the Saints is the Seahawks might be playing them at the wrong time of the year, man. They survived their first five weeks, like you mentioned, going three and two alternating wins. But they're missing eight starters for most of the season. They were missing top receiver Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, left tackle Teron Armstead, center Eric McCoy, defensive tackle David Onyemata, defensive end Marcus Davenport, linebacker Quan Alexander, and their kicker Will Lutz. So combined, that group has a total of three All-Pros, eight Pro Bowl selections, and 355 games started, including the playoffs. And this year, they've appeared in a grand total of six games. 
So good news for the Saints that a lot of these guys have the chance to return this week coming off a bye week. Uh, many of them for this game against the Seahawks. So not great news. Obviously, we'll follow that injury report and see how things go. But, uh, Bump, this could be a, a really hard game for the Seahawks as the Saints look to be getting healthy at the wrong time. It sounds like it. You mentioned, what, six to eight guys who have not been, I guess, contributing to this football team, and they've allowed themselves to survive, right? That's all you want to do when you're missing these guys is surviving. Three and two is a team that is surviving. You got Jameis Winston, who's playing okay football, man. I'm kind of impressed by what he's done so far. He hasn't won a lot of games, but he's not lost a lot of games for this ball club either. It's all about the health, man. We're getting into what? What is this? Week seven? Getting into week seven. Teams are banged up. They are getting healthy. Let's look at this head-to-head matchup. All right. Offensively, these teams are both kind of struggling. I wouldn't say struggling, right? The Hawks, I've, uh, I feel like they're finding who they are and who they want to be, which is a running football team. We saw that last week with Alex Collins and Geno Smith. But to, uh, offensively, they're ranked 22nd in the league. The Saints are ranked 28. The Hawks rank 16th when it comes to running the rock, averaging 110 yards. The Saints are ranked ninth, averaging 128 yards. Pass offense, Hawks are 22. The Saints are 31 points per game. The Hawks are averaging 23 points per game. That's 18. And the Saints are averaging 25 points per game. That makes them 10th. Again, we always say these numbers can kind of fool you a little bit. Um, but in this case, I feel like these guys are who they are. Right. They're they're teams who are for the Hawks case trying to figure out, okay, do we want to run? Do we want to pass? And with the Saints, um, because of Jameis Winston at the quarterback position and him playing well, then not playing they're playing mediocre some other weeks. I I feel like of all the weeks, these numbers are as true as they've ever been offensively. Yeah, I, I think you're correct right on that, Bob. I think you mentioned it. The Seahawks are trying to find their identity. They've been a play, a big play team over the last couple of years. Um, you know, with Chris Carson getting hurt last year, the rushing numbers weren't where a Pete Carroll team normally is or where they'd want it to be. And obviously you lose Russell Wilson, who missed the last, essentially, last five quarters for the Seahawks. And they're kind of in the middle of the pack right now. Um, I think we saw them kind of turn a page in the second half of what they think they can be is running the football, running the football, running the football, play action, go over the top. Some of the things that we've seen them be super successful with. But, yeah, that's about where they're at. I think some of these numbers can trend upward, especially as the Seahawks try to establish that run and as Geno Smith gets even more comfortable with another game under his belt. Uh, so, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's spot on. And for the Saints, they're going to – they're going to try to run the ball. They got a great back in Kamara. They got some weapons on offense. And with Jameis right now, I think they're not – they're telling him, hey, man, play within yourself. Don't try to be too crazy because when you do that, you turn the ball over. So, yeah, I think they're about spot on. When it comes to defense, man, we're looking at two different defenses in terms of the numbers. Um, Seahawks are still last in the league, giving up 433 yards a game. Run defense are giving up 140 on the ground, 30th. Pass defense, 292 through the air, 28th, allowing 24 points a game. That's 20th in the league. On the flip side, the Saints, they're 15th in the league when it comes to total yards allowed, giving up 354 a game. Run defense, they're one of the best in the league, which is going to be a huge thing to look forward. They are allowing only 79 yards on the ground. That's number two in the league. Pass defense, they're low average, giving up 275 through the air, ranked 23rd in the league. And then points allowed, they're only giving up 18 points a game, which is third in the NFL. So, the Saints are kind of who they've played kind of consistently throughout the season. The Seahawks are starting to trend in the right direction, right? I think last last Sunday night was the closest we've seen them to putting four quarters together of solid defense more than we have seen. We saw them play a half against the Rams. We've seen them play a half against the Titans, a half against the 49ers. So I think they're trending in the right direction. I think they can build off some of the stuff we saw last week, Bump, and uh, 
they're definitely going to be – the Seahawks will have their hands full with the Saints defense. It is going to be a tough one regardless of who they play. Let's get to know these teams. Know your history. Know your history. All right, these teams have played a decent amount of time over the years. Um, the Saints lead – or it's the all-time series is tied at 8-8. Eight to eight. The Saints lead the regular season series 6-8 and eight record, and the Seahawks lead the postseason series going 2-0. and oh. With one pretty memorable game known as a beast quake. I think all Seahawks fans remember that one. Um, the last time these two teams matched up is in 2019. Uh, the Seahawks fell to the Saints 33-27 to in week three at Lumen Field. And honestly, the final score in that ball game was a lot closer or, than the game really was. Um, the Seahawks were just doomed with self-inflicted mistakes. Um, the Saints returned Chris Carson fumble for a touchdown. Also allowed a punt return touchdown. The Seahawks kind of mismanaged the clock down the stretch, were unable to cash in on what should have been a field goal attempt, couldn't get that done. Russell Wilson did have a big day. He went 32 of 50. He threw the ball 50 times, which is a lot. Uh, 406 yards, two touchdowns, ran for two more. Lockett led all receivers, 11 receptions, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, I told you we're going to talk about him throughout this podcast. He was a problem that day. He had 161 yards and two touchdowns, really tough to tackle. Teddy Bridgewater came back, made his return. Um, so, yeah, no, the last time these two teams played, the Saints kind of took it to the Seahawks, and they were they showed, you know, when you score on defense, when you score on special teams, it's really hard to win a football game. So we hope that fortune changes for the Seahawks in bump, man. As we do every week, we take a look around the NFC West. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? West side! Where my soldiers at? West side! And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West? On Hawk Talk. Arizona Cardinals still sitting at the top of the division, 6-0. The Rams are behind them at 5-1. San Francisco is at 2-3. And and the Hawks are at the bottom looking up at 2-4 now. When it comes to the Cardinals, they're for real. We can stop asking that question now. And the Cardinals took on a solid Cleveland Browns team on the road and beat them 37-24. Seven of the Browns' points came on a Hail Mary that me and Nass were looking at before we hopped on the podcast, and it was ridiculous. This is not something that you teach. Whoever that defensive coach, secondary coach is, he's got some work to do. Kyler Murray did his thing, 20 of 30, 229 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He fumbled the ball four times, but recovered all four of them. A.J. Green had a day, five receptions, 79 yards, one touchdown. Christian Kirk had five receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had three receptions, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. One of his touchdowns were nasty. Run after the catch on the 10-yard line, making guys miss. Man, it was beautiful. James Conner led all rushes with 16 carries, 71 yards. The Cardinals didn't put up huge numbers offensively. The main difference in the game was the turnovers. The Browns turned the ball over three times, and the Cardinals didn't, it despite Kyler Murray fumbling four times. The Browns also were three for 10 on third down and one for four on fourth down. The most impressive thing about the Cardinals was they did it without their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and linebacker Chandler Jones, who tested positive for COVID. These guys said, look, don't matter. Y'all stay at home. We're going to handle business. Don't you trip. These Cardinals are for real. Let's stop asking these questions. You got to put some respect on their name. They're proving it every single week. Yeah, no no question about that. And the, the sad, the, not sad thing, the tough thing about that for the Seahawks is you still got to play them twice. So yep. those games are going to be scary looking. Um, otherwise, then NFC West, the Saints. Oh, my goodness. I heard it earlier because I was listening to the radio. I almost said St. Louis. I haven't done that for so long. <laughs> I have not done that for so long. I was listening to Hasselback on the radio this morning, and he was talking about his old time. So I somehow that got crept into my head. 
the Los Angeles Rams. I have to put my LA. fine jar for that. Um, they came out and they put a whooping on these New York Giants. Man, beat them thirty-eight to eleven. They were up thirty-eight to three before the Giants scored a garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter. Matthew Stafford went twenty-two of twenty-eight for two hundred fifty-one yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And Bum's favorite player, Cooper Cup. Well, he did Cooper Cup things. Nine receptions, one hundred and thirty yards, and two touchdowns. One of them was a nasty no-look pass bump. I know you saw that. Yeah, man. You know what messed up is? If Patrick Mahomes did it, it mm-hmm. would have been everywhere. But Matthew Stafford did it. And it it was, I want to say it was cleaner than yeah. I've seen Pat Mahomes no-looks. That was, uh, and that was just insult to injury. They already whooping him, too. We didn't need to see that, but they did it to him anyway. Daryl Henderson uh, had 21 carries, 78 yards, and a tud. Giants turned the ball over four times. We're 4-15 on third downs. Tough to win that way. Um, game was put away in the second quarter when the Rams scored 28 unanswered points in route to the easy victory. They really scored 38 unanswered before the Giants had come back. So, again, th- this NFC West is tough. You have two teams playing really well. You've already seen the Rams. Unfortunately, you came up short against them. Two against the Cardinals. The Niners had a bye week last week. Looks like they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo back at quarterback, especially as uh, Trey Lance is also dealing with a knee. But, man, Seahawks have the work cut out for them. It's uh, hard to believe that. Just through six games, the Seahawks already four back in the loss column, dead last in division, and have really reached a critical point in the season. But because of that, it sounds like a great time for them to turn it around. Let's look at these matchups and man up. Hey, who man is this? Who man is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Time to man up, Jameis Winston. Versus Seahawks defense. This is not the 30 for 30 Jameis Winston that we come accustomed to seeing. No, sir. He is 70 for 116 for 892 yards, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been sacked nine times and have a QB rating of 108.1. 20 carries for 86 yards and one touchdown. Jameis Winston has had a really interesting start to his career in the seven. He's been in the league seven years. Yeah. How crazy is that? Seven years in the league, he's passed for 20,000 yards and thrown for 133 touchdowns. All right. He has three years where he's thrown the ball for over 4,000 yards. Russell Wilson has only thrown for over 4,000 yards four times in his career. In 2019, Jameis threw for 5,109 yards and 33 touchdowns, but he's also got that 30 interception thing going. That's why we call him Mr. 30 for 30. In his career, he has thrown 91 interceptions in just 81 games played. So we can almost guarantee that this guy is going to throw in interceptions. For context, Russell Wilson has thrown 82 in 149 games. In 2021, he's doing his, he's doing a much better job taking care of the football. However, the New Orleans they rank towards the bottom when it comes to passing categories. All right. They're ranked 32nd in NFL in both completions and attempts, 31st in net passing, 29th in completion percentage. So he's having a better season, but he's not lighting it up. So we need this secondary to do what they've been doing, which is steadily improving, right? Steadily improve, force Jameis to throw a pick because stats say that he's going to throw a pick this game and just take advantage of it. Yeah, no question about it. You mentioned it. He is playing better. I think Sean. I think he's gelling in that Sean Payton offense. He had a year to kind of learn the system under Drew Brees. Now he's the one playing. 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's the best touchdown-interception ratio he's had in his career by far. But as you mentioned it, he can still throw you the football. I, I was looking at a play in their last game against the Washington football team, and bump, it's it's empty, right? They their ball is on the left hash if I'm on the offense. Three receivers to the right, two receivers to the left, and they just run four verts, right? The two outside guys run nine routes. 
the number two receiver on the field side runs a go. Number three receiver is Taysom Hill, and he runs kind of a bend because the Washington football team is going to cover three defense, right? And he runs a bend route, which is a tough, tough thing to do in cover three. You put that safety in a bind. Is he going to lean on number two? Is he lean on number three? Well, the safety completely turns his hips and commits to the number two receiver on the field side. So Jameis, they're starting to have pressure coming down by his feet, but he has a touchdown if he hits Taysom Hill. And the only person in the area is the middle linebacker who's the only person that can help on that bend route because the corner's locked up on the backside. And he's beat by him, but he reads Jameis' eyes. Jameis does not put nearly enough air underneath it. It gets intercepted. So it's plays like that where if he, if he gets it over the linebacker, it's a touchdown. No, one, no one's catching him. So it's things like that that Jameis has still doing at times. Even though he only has three interceptions on the year, that was one of them. He's still prone to doing these things. So how do the Seahawks combat that defensively? You mentioned it. The secondary, the corners, they're playing well. DJ Reed was getting his hands on footballs last week. Trey Brown, which I'm really excited to see what he can do this week. So Jameis playing better, but he's still prone to turn the football over, and the Seahawks defense will need to cause some turnovers if they're going to improve and beat these guys on Monday night. In 2021, so far, the Seahawks defense against Indy allowed 336 yards. Against Tennessee, 532. Minnesota, 453. San Fran, 457. L.A., 476. And Pittsburgh, 345. It's time to switch that up. All right, next matchup, Geno versus the Saints defense. Last week against the Steelers, Geno went 23 of 32 for 209 yards, one touchdown, one fumble, and was sacked five times. Now, he engineered three straight scoring drives in the second half. One of them was a nine-play 50-yard drive that allowed the Seahawks to tie the game in regulation. Now, he's got some bad luck. Last two games he's been in, the games have ended in a turnover. One was a fumble caused by Watt. The other was an interception. He was trying to throw the title. Lockett Lockett got tripped up, but um, it is what it is. He's played well enough to keep them in the game, but now it's time to take care of the football late in the game. Yeah, no question about it. If he, you know, it's it, you mentioned it. It's just tough that that, that the games have finished like that because we know he's played better than those last plays indicate. And he's, he, and he's not going to be easy on Sunday or Monday night. Excuse me. He's got another good defense with the Saints. We mentioned it. Third in scoring defense. 15th in yards per game, 23rd against the pass, but they're number one in red zone defense, allowing touchdowns on just five of 14 possessions. Something's got to give because the Seahawks are actually very good at that. They're fourth in the league in uh, red zone. So, Geno, man, as long as you take care of the football, get some help with the running backs, I I think he can get it done. We've seen enough from him. We've seen the mobility. We've seen good decision-making from the most part. So, excited to see what uh, Geno Smith can bring on Sunday. Now, Bob, next matchup, Dwayne Brown, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan has been a problem in this league for a long time. Over his career, he's got 532 tackles, 94 sacks, 11 forced fumbles, 10 fumble recoveries, 52 pass defended, has never missed a regular season game in 10 years, which is insane for that position. Um, 2021, he's got 18 tackles, two passes defended. Now, the Saints, while they have a great defense, they're not really getting after the quarterback bump. They've only had eight sacks this season. Uh, the Seahawks didn't have a great uh, game in, in the sack department last week, giving up five, which was a season high. Um, so I, I think, honestly, right now the, the tone will be set with Dwayne Brown and his offensive line. Absolutely. I think Dwayne needs to have a big game. I think the whole offensive line needs to have a big game and, and protect Geno and get this running game going. Let's go O-line. Let's attack that defensive line when it comes to running the ball and protect Geno Smith. Next matchup, 
DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus Saints secondary. The secondary for the Saints has been balling. They have nine interceptions on the season already. They also have a great player in the secondary, Marshawn Lattimore. He's been balling out. He signed a five-year, $97 million deal last month. And uh, despite having thumb surgery in week two and playing with the cast on his right hand the past three games, He's still doing his thing. Lattimore was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for Week 5 after locking down Washington football team wide receiver Terry McLaren in the 33-22 win and recording a career-high six passes defended. You know why they weren't picks? He's got that cast on his hand, so he can't he can't yeah. grab the rock. He's going to defend the heck out of it. That's tied for the most by any NFL player in the past 15 years, according to ESPN stats and information. Lattimore in 2021. 16 tackles, nine passes defended, six were the other week. One interception. Rookie third round pick, Paulson Adebo. Did I say that right? Sure. Paulson <laughs> I'm hoping so. Adebo. Sure. Let's go with that. That's held down the other corner spot and it's tied for the team lead with two interceptions. Also, Malcolm Jenkins over there. That's proven he can still play. 34 tackles, one tackle for loss, two passes defended, one interception. Yeah, man. These, they get after the football. They get after the football, and which almost makes you feel like the Seahawks are. More need for them to run the football. But you have yeah. these, you still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, 38 receptions, 441 yards, five touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 27 receptions, 425 yards, and three touchdowns. And that's after having 278 yards in the first two games. You know, he he's only he hasn't had a game since since week two. Lockett has not had a game with more than 57 yards. So I'm definitely looking to see 16 get a little bit more involved in the pass game on those passing downs. Time to get 16 involved. Another matchup, Alvin Kamara versus the Seahawks, front seven. Alvin has 94 carries, 368 yards, and one touchdown, 15 receptions for 113 yards, three touchdowns. And uh, we saw last time they heard in 2019, he's one of the hardest guys to tackle. Like, he, he's, he's slippery, and he's slipperier when wet out there. It was raining the last time they played yep. out in Lumen Field, and uh, you just couldn't bring this guy down, man. Um, he, you can't just throw his shoulder at him. You got to wrap him up. All right, Jamal, wrap that dude up. Go for those big hits. Take him down, and he's dangerous. He can receive the ball. He can run out the backfield. He's kind of what everybody's looking for at the running back position. Yeah, no question. He's a terrific athlete, and the Seahawks are near the bottom of the league, allowing 140 yards per game, so they're going to have their hands full Without question, because that dude is special. He is special, special. And then bump the last matchup I want to look at, or one of the last matchups, is the Seahawks running backs versus the Saints front seven. So the Saints are number two in the league, only giving up 79 yards per game. Allowed 43 to Green Bay, 89 to Carolina, 49 to New England, 83 to New York, 131 to Washington, which is the only time they've given up over 100 yards. Alex Collins became the Seahawks' first 100-yard rusher since December of 2019 bump. So, I mean... I'm hoping Alex Collins is good, right? He's a little banged up. Obviously, we got some time before Monday night, so I hope we can get he- uh, healed up. You know, if not, the Seahawks rely on DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, and Rashad Penny, who's making his return this week. So we'll see how much, you know, he gets involved. But bump, man, Pete Carroll made it clear the Seahawks need to run the football. Um, if you were if you were to put the headset on, be Shane Waldron for a week, knowing the Saints are as good as they are at stopping the run and you want to run the football, you know, how do you balance that? What, what are you looking for this week, knowing that that's their strength, but that's the team that you want to be? Are you going to be kind of stubborn and say, this is what we need to do? Or are you going to come out and have drives where you run in three plays in a row, run it in second long, you know, things like that? Or are you just kind of feeling the game out? What, what's, your, what's your mindset heading into a game like this? 
a little bit of both. I think initially you have to try to run the football. You got to show them, look, we're not scared of you. We know you're really good against the run, but this is what we have to do to be successful. You got to be yourself. You can't change who you want to be because you're playing against a team that's good at running the rock. But like we mentioned, you still got number 14 and 16 out there. You can't abandon those guys. It's a feel. Initially, you come out with your 10, 15 play script. Okay, these are the plays that we want to show to set up everything else. But then after that, you got to go with the flow. You know, and at halftime, if Pete Carroll needs to grab Shane Waldron and and talk about what they what they need to do, what they don't need to do, then you do that. But give Collins the rock, but still take your shots with DK in 16. All right, let's hope let's hope it works. Let's find out how these Seahawks are gonna get a victory and pass the victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Path to victory. Got to keep playing good defense. Come on. Find a way to build off what you started last week in Pittsburgh. Create turnovers. Jameis Winston is prone to throwing you the football. This You need to set up the offense, man. You're playing a good Saints defense. You need to set up the Seahawks offense with some short fields. Take advantage. Create turnovers. Uh, you got to tackle Alvin Kamara, man. This guy, like I said... He will make you miss. You need 11 hats to the football. You cannot let him get going. And then offensively, take care of the football, man. Uh, the Seahawks have done well for the most part in that category. But, however, the last two turnovers have effectively ended the game. Let's not do that three weeks in a row. Without question. And find a way to run the ball, man. This is a huge challenge. I, I know that offensive line is going to be ready for it. Shane Waldron and company. Um, you don't need a crazy 150-yard rushing game. But you need to be effective when you decide to run the ball. When it's time to run the ball and you need to get one, two, three yards, you need to be able to do it. When it's time to take time off the clock, you need to be able to run the ball and stay on the field. So find a way to have an incredible challenge against a great rush defense, but find a way to get it done. Remember that uh, old Under Armour promo, click, clack, click, clack. (laughs) Protect this house. That's what the Hawks need to do, man. The Hawks have lost back-to-back home games at Lumen Field. Let's not make that a habit. Just find a way to go 1-0. and Let's go primetime football. This club has been one of the best in NFL history on primetime. Let's get back to doing what we do. Absolutely, Bump. Reminder, you can hear us everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. A lot of great other content on the Seahawks Podcast Network. Seahawks Insiders, The Huddle, Hawks Live, Seahawks Stories, Seahawks Rewind. And reminder, guys, if you want to go to the game on Monday Night Football, there is still an opportunity. I know that sounds crazy to hear, but get on Seahawks.com. Call the ticket office. Get on there. Buy some tickets. We need Lumen Field rocking on Monday Night Football as the Seahawks try to keep their season alive. Bump, and as you said it, protect this house. Go 1-0, and and we'll be talking about a great game, hopefully, next Tuesday, Bump. Let's go. The Saints are coming into town Monday Night Football. That was Hawk Talk Preview Week 7. Like I mentioned, Saints versus the Hawks. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Nasa Chobie. We'll talk to you soon.